1: you know i'm right on football nick durst here with eli fishman right here for ChrisLandryFootball.com. eli filling in for joe calabrese this week eli welcome to the show eli of course is well known for his his work with uh baseball prospects and minor leaguers specifically for his youtube channel and in the zone.io but of course Big football fan as well, Eli. Welcome to the show, Larry Brinello. About you and where they can find your work.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, so lately, I've been doing a lot of a little bit of writing for In the Zone.io, uh, covering my high school football as well for my local website. Tap into and you know doing interviews and baseball and football commentary for my YouTube channel, Talking Ball with Eli Fishman.
1: There you have it. All right, so Eli. All of our listeners know the flow of the show here. We're going to go with some news and notes here. And then we will, of course, get into every game, go predictions as we always do. So Browns wide receiver, Rashard Higgins, who is replacing Odell Beckham Jr., who was unfortunately out there with the torn ACL. uh, He told Kimberly Martin, an NFL reporter for ESPN, that he feels so close to Baker Mayfield that he feels like his mama gave birth to him. So... I don't know if that means he's trying to take a shot at Odell, saying he's got more chemistry. But, uh, Eli, I think this idea that the Browns are better without Odell Beckham Jr. is just foolish. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I I could see how you could definitely think that. Um, I might be on the other end because I'm the type of guy who sees the chemistry aspect, especially in the game of football, as maybe the biggest thing. I feel like the chemistry between the players is huge. And I, I would definitely define Odell Beckham as a distraction in the huddle on and off off the field. Um, You know, so having some younger guys be able to get that opportunity, guys who Baker Mayfield have mentored, um, being able to get on the field, see those passes, as we saw after Odell got hurt last week, Baker Mayfield kind of turned it on for the second half of the game and found some of his young wide receivers who fans don't really know about. Um, So I I don't know if I would say Odell Beckham, the the Browns are better without him, um, I do think that I don't know about that but you know I I could definitely see how the younger guys being able to step up can help them out but they obviously you know Odell Beckham's one of the top wide receivers in the game he hasn't been getting enough passes enough completions um, as he could have been but it's still a big deficit a big loss for those Browns
1: yep and time will tell of course how they're doing right now they're off to their best start in decades and uh, of course they had that the game that really sparked their run to start was uh, they, they beat Dallas, and Odell had a huge game. He had two receiving touchdowns and a Russian touchdown, an explosive player. So time will tell how they do. Of course, the Giants have been absolutely putrid since they got rid of him. And uh, he was he was their offense for many years, and the only time they went to the playoffs in the post-Tom Coughlin era was a uh, year he had a ridiculous year where Eli was basically throwing the ball 10 yards, and Odell was taking it all the way to the end zone for our touchdown. Other notes here. uh, Fortunately, no players tested positive today for COVID-19, so everything's ready to roll here. Uh, There is some iffy things with the Giants for tomorrow. We'll get to that later on. But Broncos defensive coordinator Ed Donatello is out today due to COVID protocols. He was not feeling well yesterday. reported sickness, so he has to... Isolate, but he does feel good enough to coach to say so he can't. So, Broncos head coach Vic Fangio will call the defense the defensive plays. Uh, some injury notes here uh, Emmanuel Sanders of the Saints tested positive over a week ago, is out again today against Chicago. Yeah, he's recovering, expected to join the team next Sunday at Tampa Bay. Vikings running back Dalvin and is questionable for Sunday due to a groin injury. He's expected to play against the Packers. Broncos running back, Philip Lindsay, is listed as questionable for Sunday, for today, but due to, due to a concussion, he's expected to play as well. Chris Carson listed, listed as questionable for the Seahawks. Due to a foot injury, he's expected to play, uh, but it's a true 50-50 based on the pregame. So that's what you are got to know for your fantasy teams. But the players that are definitely out, Michael Thomas, he's out, Marquez Calloway, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry, Stefan Gilmore, Jamison Crowder, Rashard Perryman, Sammy Watkins, Mitchell Schwartz, Debo Samuel, Jeff Wilson, Andy Dalton, of course, is out. Miles Sanders and Elshon Jeffrey, they are all out. Kevin Coleman is back for the 49ers as well. And, you know, looking around the league here, the NFL trade deadline, Eli, is this Tuesday. So, of course, the winless Jets would listen to trade offers on almost anybody on their roster. Uh, but is there really anybody that anybody would want from the Jets right now, Eli? Yeah,
0: I think there I think there definitely is. But what the Jets are willing to get um, and who they're willing to give up is totally up for question. And obviously the number one guy that pops into your head is Sam Darnold. You know, if the Jets do wind up getting Trevor Lawrence, this may be down the road. But I think we might see the end of Sam Darnold in New York. And, you know, the thing is, he's not a bad quarterback at all. Like, I I bet you could argue that he's a top 15 starting quarterback in the league in terms of his actual talent, but just the camaraderie with the Jets, everything, his weapons, just everything about them, he just doesn't fit there in their team right now. So I could definitely see them, you know, doing away with him, but they don't really have a secondary quarterback, any quarterback right now who can compete as a starter in the NFL. So that's the problem Um, right now. You know, I've thought about what if they get Ryan Fitzpatrick right now, trade away Sam Darnold you know, something of that sort um, because Sam Donald's trade value is really high. And same thing with their two wide receivers, James and Crowder and Brashad Perryman, they're both hurt right now, unfortunately. So that might lead to some fun in that chiefs jets game, which is going to be very lopsided um, as we'll get to later, but yeah, I could definitely see the jets making some deals. Um, there's definitely players on every single NFL team that another team can want. You know, it's about putting the pieces together for a team um, and with, 22 pieces on the field considering offense and defense that just de- definitely have some guys who are going to get traded. Other
1: news from the rumors with trades is Ryan Kerrigan from the first place Washington football team where, you know, they're, they're up there right now. So they're not solely in first, but he's requesting a trade. Washington football team says we're not looking to trade you. The Texans are listening to offers for their wide receivers, most notably Brandon cooks and Kenny stills. Other teams have inquired on both fuller. Uh, the, the Packers are rumored to be in full this week. The Falcons are interested in trading defensive end to Karis McKinley. He's a former first-round pick. Clear Browns tight end, David Njoku, could be on the move after requ- requesting a trade earlier this season. He later backed his request, I guess, because they started to uh, win. But the Browns have a surplus of tight end. They have two-time pro Bowler Austin Hooper, and Rookie Harrison Bryant. The Giants, they are definitely looking to trade older, high-priced veterans. Uh, so you you already saw they traded their best pass rusher in Marcus Golden to Arizona. Now it's rumored to have Kevin Zeitler and Golden Tate on the block as well. Uh, Zeitler, I think they should they should keep as a long term piece uh, at the offensive line. Um, although Sam, uh, you know, Daniel Jones has looked horrible, but. Uh, he, I think he looked even worse without Zeitler and Golden Tate. But what are your your thoughts on the Giants potentially trading away some pieces? I think I would be trying to trade Evan Ingram because this guy has stone hands. He can't catch a ball. Apparently everyone thinks he's so great, though. But he's costing the Giants wins for three years now.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, their offensive line hasn't been so consistent. But I feel like this year, you know, it's not horrible. It's better than it has been in the past years. So keeping some of those veteran, you know, big guys on that line, Definitely, a guy like Evan Ingram who cannot catch a football, cannot block anyone. Um, he needs to be gone. Um, and I, he does have a high trade value. He's probably twenty-four years old. has some has a couple years under his belt. Um, so somebody out there definitely wants him. And same thing with Golden Tate. The only reason I would be hesitant to trade him, Golden Tate, is just because you know, as we talked about, the camaraderie and you know the vibes in the having a veteran in the locker room and in the huddle with so many young guys, which the Giants have who are completely unexperienced. Um, Golden Tate is huge for that. So that's the only reason I think the Giants would want to keep him. But, you know, I could definitely see him being on the block. And if the Giants can get a good deal, potentially a first-round pick or two for Golden Tate, I could definitely see them, you know, shipping him out of here. Certainly,
1: definitely a, a player that a lot of teams that are contenders would be interested in having. I, I would, I mean, Golden Tate, he's always able to make those big plays year for year. You saw with every team he's been on except the Giants, really, because they've yeah. just been and He's been hurt a lot. But he had some good plays last week. Uh, but, of course, didn't really help the Giants, unfortunately, in their last game against the Eagles. Uh, the Miami Dolphins have taken some calls on their cornerback, Xavier Howard, but it would take really a huge offer to try to get him there. They would say maybe something like a Laramie Tunsil offer, where the Dolphins traded Tunsil and Stills to Houston last year for a package that included two first-round picks and a second-rounder, and that's working out great for the Dolphins, because the Texans are terrible this year, and now they, the Dolphins get their first-round pick. Seahawks tight end Jacob Pollister is available in trade talks. The Eagles are listening to offers and tight end Zach Ertz, uh, but right now he's on injured reserve, so there's no way he's allowed to be traded. And the same situation there with Deshaun Jackson, but they are listening to offers for Alshon Jeffrey, but they are playing the Cowboys this week in a big game. So uh, if the Eagles win, they're in first place solely. So they, maybe they hold on to everybody. And the Patriots have given few indications that they would be selling to the deadline, but a loss to so the, the Buffalo Bills today could change that. That'd be four losses in a row, which is unheard of in the Bill Belichick era. The Vikings are open to trading safety Anthony Harris if someone's willing to take on his salary. Uh, he's 29, and he's. He's playing on the franchise tag worth eleven and a half, eleven point four million. And the Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver John Ross the third is uh, could be on the move. After public saying this week that if he wants to trade, if his playing playing time does not increase, so lots of crazy stuff there. Uh, the other the other thing to note, Eli, is you know maybe some big names move. Um, but it's always tough to see the big games. But a lot, of, a lot of rumors have been out there that potentially the Texans move on from J.J. Watt. Uh, I think that's something that would just be too detrimental to the franchise to, to trade to trade that. I mean, he's, he's the face of the Texans. He's the greatest Texan of all time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I just feel like with that fan base, which is decreasing, a beautiful new stadium, which you could argue J.J. Watt helped them out you know, so much in getting that fan base to rally around the Texans during that Arian Foster era, uh, sorry, Adrian Foster, where they had Watt and, you know, him, and it was just an an incredible team that helped build that franchise. So trading him would be absolutely, completely detrimental. But if you look on the other hand, he's been underperforming um, a little bit, especially for his contract. So if the Texans could get the right deal where another team is paying a huge, huge chunk of his contract where the Texans can completely get rid of him and get rid of a lot of the money that they've already put down on him. You know, that could potentially help the organization. I would say, you know, if they know what they're doing, no doubt about it. All right.
1: Looking at some games now, let's get, let's go through the games here. And if anybody is looking to, to to make some bets uh, thanks to our, our sponsors Uh, Proud sponsor of the show, American Bet Experts. Visit nj.pointsbet.com and enter the promo code FREECASH, all caps, one word, and you can sign up there for our exclusive offer with them. But now it's time for some NFL game picks. Eli, we'll start with the game that's probably going to be the most lopsided of the week, uh, and that is the New York Jets taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. And according to PointsBet, the Chiefs are 19.5-point favorites. I don't know if the Jets are going to be losing by 20 points, but they're certainly not going to be winning this game, and it's it's not going to be close. Uh, Jets just putrid. Le'Veon Bell is going to have a, a big day. I'm sure they're going to make it a point to make him run all over the Jets. So I say Bell has two touchdowns, uh, maybe a few receptions. Uh, I don't think he's going to have too many yards, maybe like 50 yards in the rushing, but I think they'll make it a point to have to have Bell embarrass the Jets. Uh, I think Sam Donald probably has an interception. And the Jets probably lose something like 27-6,
0: to 6, something along those lines. What do you think, Eli? Uh, I went a little bit higher. I said 38-6. Chiefs okay. Victory. And my other prediction is Patrick Mahomes will be out of the game by the end of the third quarter just because the Jets will be absolutely getting destroyed. The Chiefs will be on top but i'm i'm always excited for these games there's just something about you know those high scoring games with a big <laughs> deficit to another team that you just love like when you play madden you know and you pick the the best team and you're playing against a computer with the worst team it's just fun right. to just to see somebody get absolutely trampled um so i'm excited for that and the jets have lost by, by at least 20 points three times this season and they're without perryman um and crowder so it's i think it's going to be a little bit little bit entertaining and I'm excited to see how many points the Chiefs can rack up.
1: We got a great question here from breastman 27 We thank our listeners and viewers always for asking questions. The Jets have lost all seven games this season by more than seven points. What do they need to do in order to close that point gap? Uh, I think in today's instance, Eli, they probably have to hope that uh, in the first quarter, the it, it becomes a blizzard and they have to just stop the game and they can't, they can't finish it because that's the only way that's going to happen. But what do you think – um, from football terms and really just long-term care you know, what the Jets would have to do in order to uh, I mean obviously they need to just play better defense but their offense is just so atrocious so I, I guess the football answer would be that instead of s- settling for field goals they need to start getting some touchdowns
0: yeah absolutely you know but I feel like for the Jets just because you know th- their offense isn't bad but just since it's not as productive as a lot of NFL other te- a lot of other NFL teams, their defense just has to put up a wall. They just have to be able to stop other offenses, which they have not at all been able to do. And you look at a team like the Chiefs that has so many weapons um, downfield, close to the field, in the backfield, who can put the ball absolutely anywhere. You know, with Bell, you know, Clyde um, Clyde edwards hilaire Sammy Watkins, they have so many weapons. And the Jets need to be able to either pick one and stick with it, you know, not let Le'Veon Bell or Clyde Hilaire get any yards or focus on the deep ball or both. Just, you know, lock down their defense. And honestly, I just think that's the biggest thing. I'd rather have the strongest defense in the NFL um, and have a, you know, worse offense than have a good offense, bad defense. Because against a team like the Chiefs, you just need to stop them. That's it.
1: And, of course, it's so sort of the, the Chiefs in their last game, or the game against the Bills, they, they kind of switched it up and they decided to do a lot of he- heavy run game and run out the clock there. Usually it's, it's yeah. quick, quick strike to score, but that's dangerous. The Chiefs can run out the clock there, uh, no doubt about it. All right, Tennessee Titans heading to Cincinnati to take on Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Titans are favored by seven. Uh, I think this game will be closer than many, many expect, uh, but I think the Titans, of course, will win. And I think they'll probably win along the lines of 21-14, maybe 24-14, uh, something, something like that I, I would go with in this game. I think uh, the Titans looking to, to, to bounce back after after the first loss and against the, against the Steelers, of course, and that was a pretty good game. But, uh, yeah, going to be Tannehill in this game and Vrabel bouncing back and picking up the victory at the Bengals' expense.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. My score prediction was 27-17, obviously a Tennessee victory. You know, Joe, Joe Burrow has been impressive. You know, I've, I'm really impressed what he's done in his rookie season, um, coming in as a young guy. Um, but the Tennessee defense is going to be able to stop him. And the Bengals' defense hasn't been nearly as strong as they should be, considering, you know, Joe Burrow on the other side. I feel like if Burrow did – they've been really close all their games – have been really close this year, the Bengals. And the defense is what hasn't led to them getting over that hump and getting a lot of those victories, which a lot of them have come late in the game. You know They've been outscored 73-43 in the fourth quarter of this season just because their defense has gotten tired. It's just completely folded late in games. And today you're going to be facing a young man named Derek Henry, who if you're even a little bit sloppy, he's going to get a lot of yards against you um, Joe Mixon is out as well for the Bengals. So that can be can be pretty key in this game. Right. So that's why I think Tennessee is going to win this one.
1: Good question here from Breastman27. Can the Bengals O-line stop Mike Vrabel's blitz packages today? They've allowed the most sacks so far this season. And can the Titans lead the league in total takeaways? I'll answer the first part, Eli, let well, you go for the second here. Uh, can the Bengals O-line stop Vrabel's blitz packages today? Absolutely not. Joe Burrow is getting sacked like three times per game. That's, gonna per- that's definitely going to continue. Uh, Eli, your thoughts on the Titans' defense?
0: Yeah, I think the t- Titans' defense against a young guy like Burrow, um, who I think it was week two after he took some big hits and after he saw some of the quality of the defense, he was mic'd up and he made a joke about how quickly he's learned um, you know, how to slide and how to throw it out of bounds and he is learning, but against a team like Titans, who puts so much pressure on you, you know, will give you some nice big hits if you don't get the ball off quick enough. Um, he's definitely going to have a lot of learning, a lot of developing to do today. Um, he's got a big hump to go over in his in his rookie season. He's starting to get over it, but this Titans defense is just is just too good, and I think they're just going to pressure him way too much, too many interceptions. I said at least two or three today. Um, so. Yeah, definitely, definitely going to be a lot of
1: pressure on Burrow's face today. All right, the Las Vegas Raiders—they uh, are taking on the Cleveland Browns, coming off a tough loss against the Buccaneers. I expect the Raiders to bounce back. I think they're—I said it all season on this show—they're a sneaky nine and seven team that can make the playoffs. They're taking on the Browns without Adele Beckham Jr. Browns are favored by one point. The game is in Cleveland. I am going to go with Derek Carr and the Raiders, though. I Just—I really like the way John Gruden is, is building this Raiders program and. If, if there were fans allowed right now, I mean, Vegas is going crazy over the Raiders. They're, they're so pumped up, So and that stadium is beautiful, probably the nicest stadium in, in the league. Uh, but I, I think you know, the Raiders community in, in Las Vegas is going to just get bigger and bigger and grow stronger and stronger. So they got eight more years of Gruden after this, uh, it's going in the right direction. But in this game, I do like the Raiders. I personally think the Browns will miss Odell Beckham here and i i think the raiders uh, are going to win this game probably 20 24 to 17
0: yeah i got a similar prediction as well 21 14 raiders um for me i think they're two very very similar teams in terms of quarterbacks who aren't you know superstar exciting um but get the job done with a lot of not so highly named wide receivers uh, especially with odell beckham out today um I feel like Baker Mayfield is going to have a lot of weapons and the Raiders are going to quickly need to pick up on who needs to get double covered. You know who the big weapons are considering you're going with second string guys, guys that you never really have seen a lot of action in NFL games. Um, So, you know, I I could definitely see Baker Mayfield having a big day today, but I do think the Raiders will come out on top. Um, And especially with that ground game and Josh Jacobs, who's been so good this season you know, even with that Miles Garrett, you know, offense uh, defensive line that the Browns have, I do think the Raiders are going to come out with this victory. Pressman wants to know how will the Cleveland offense respond minus Dalvin
1: Cook Jr. I think they're going to be rely heavily on their run game. They got Chubb and Kareem Hunt, so. I would expect them at least early to come out and running the ball a lot. Jarvis Landry, don't sleep on him though. He's he's he's, he's an he's an awesome wide receiver. So he'll be the main target. And can the Raiders O-line stop Miles Garrett who leads the league in his current sacks? Uh currently leads the in sacks. Uh probably not, because you got these guys like Garrett and Do- and, and Donald with uh the Rams and, and Khalil Mack, that no matter what, they they can't be stopped. And Maybe he doesn't get a sack, but he's still going to impact the game. He's going to be getting there in, Derek face, in, uh, in Carr's face nonstop. So he'll have a great impact. Next game up, you got the Patriots taking on the Buffalo Bills. And Cam Newton has not been good either. And the Patriots, of course, before the season, have the most players opt out uh, for COVID-19. And they are... You know, they're they're in trouble right now and Breastman wants to know what do the Bills need to do to help coach Sean McDermott get his first win against Belichick. He's lost in the last six six attempts versus the Patriots. That's interesting. Uh, I think they just really need to rattle Cam Newton because as you've seen in the last three weeks, uh when Newton is well really the last two weeks, uh, because Hoyer obviously played a game. When Newton is is getting rattled here, uh he tends to to kind of like shut down and he's not he's not looking to you know at all his options he's not checking all his reads he's kind of just got his one target if not he's gonna to try to run and uh or force passes last week get three interceptions so for this game uh, I really didn't I did not like what I saw from the Bills last week. They should have blown out the Jets and they did not. So uh Josh Allen originally in the beginning of the year he looked great he looked like he gonna be MVP candidate so maybe he turns it around here but uh Bills are are fair with four and a half, but I, I think the Bills win this game. It's going to be a, a low scoring one. I think that the Bills win 17 13 in Buffalo. What do you think, Eli?
0: I had a bit higher scoring, 30 17, just because I feel like both teams are good on the defensive line, but for in terms of the deep ball, neither team can get it done. Um, and I feel like a lot of it is going to be keeping pressure um, on both quarterbacks because Josh Allen is a guy who's relied on the deep ball. So if you can keep pressure on him, get in his face, if you can dominate that offensive line, then Josh Allen is going to have trouble today. But if the Patriots' defensive line cannot get it done, Josh Allen has time, you know, a pocket is built, then I feel like Josh Allen can come out and have an absolute killer day. You know, as we've seen with that arm, he can make some big throws, hit a spot. He's got a lot of weapons downfield. Um so I'm excited to see what they can do. But it goes for the same thing on the, other, on the other side. So I feel like Cam Newton is definitely a guy who can run, you know, throw the ball downfield. The only problem is he's had so much pressure in his face all season. And Cam Newton is a guy who, under pressure, does not do very well. So as we saw last week, I think it was three interceptions, all of them. He had a guy in his face or he was falling to the ground. He just threw the ball up into the air. Or he saw a guy downfield and just absolutely launched it, and wound up getting inter- intercepted. So it's all about uh, for the Patriots. You know, I could definitely see them, you know, coming away with an underdog victory today, just if Cam Newton can stay in his head and you know continue or to not, or you know, if this week he can not go up here, up up here mentally, make those mistakes that he's made in the past. So just to confirm, you have the Bills in this one, 30 17? Yes, 30 okay. Thirty seventeen Bills.
1: All right. All right, next game should be a good one. Uh, the Vikings, who have really been disappointing for the most part, uh, they are 5.5-point underdogs versus the Packers. Uh, beginning of the season, they were 5.5-point favorites versus the Packers, and uh, Packers just came out and balled out. Uh, listen, I, I think the Packers are – you know, despite their, their loss to the Buccaneers, uh, I, I still think they should be one of the favorites to get to the, the, the Super Bowl this year. Last year they were they were there, the NFC championship game. Their first and second round picks this year were on a quarterback and a running back. Neither guy are playing this year. So it's really crazy how uh you know you can't how, how they uh get the two draft picks and they just not even playing. they're still doing well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show a few weeks ago and when people were saying, oh, you know, talking about his down years and Aaron Rodgers said, my down year is a career year for most quarterbacks, which I thought was awesome. Uh, in an interview this week, Russ says, Rodgers said, you can't always rely on the flags at Lambeau to judge the win conditions. Was he trying to mess with Kirk Cousins and his game preparation. Probably. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is pretty calculated, Eli, and uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was trying to, to get in – not necessarily just Kirk Cousins' head, but anybody with the Vikings' head. Uh, but yeah, I, I like I still like the Packers big time. I think they're hoping to get that rematch with the Buccaneers in the playoffs. Uh, so give me the Packers in this one. Big fan, Aaron Rodgers. I think there's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, I think it's going to be somewhere around. I'm going to go Packers win this game, 38 to
0: 35. Ooh, that's high-scoring. Um, I don't I like
1: either of these teams' defenses this year. I mean, they're just – and the first time they played, it was a high-scoring game as well.
0: Yeah, that's true. I could definitely see this game being high-scoring, especially with Rodgers. He, uh, he's just always been one of my favorite quarterbacks just to, because of, you know, up here, like his mental ability to lock it on a guy, make the throw, stay calm when he's under pressure, just to everything about him. And he, he, as he said on the Pat McAfee show, people are talking about his down year, but – He's just having a great year, and it's going unnoticed a little bit. He's,
1: um, he's definitely an MVP candidate right now. I think you have him, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Tom Brady leading the way for MVP.
0: Absolutely. Don't sleep on Alvin Kamara. He's one of my favorites. We'll talk about him in a minute. Um, but, yeah, Rodgers, he's just one of one of the best. He's one of the best ever. Future Hall of Famer, first ballot. And the Vikings defense has surrendered 27 or more points in every game this season. So I could definitely see... Aaron Rodgers putting some big-time points on the board.
1: Certainly. All right, next game up, uh, Tua Tagovailoa's debut. Uh, he's going to be taking on the Rams at home. Dolphins 3-3 three and three here. Rams, they're rolling. And sorry, Tua and Dolphins fans, but the Rams' defense is going to be too much for Tua today. Tua has never dealt with the likes of... Aaron Donald in his face, as Breastman says, two is making his first start today. How will Farragut's Aaron Donald? Will two is starting affect Devontae Parker's fantasy value? Um, sure, I think it'll affect his fantasy value. Uh, I would stay away from a rookie QB's targets on, in his first game. Uh, and yeah, Aaron Donald's going to have a great day. Uh, you saw him against the Washington football team where he had like f- <laughs> four sacks and, and rode Alex Smith like a piggyback ride. Um, yeah, give me the Rams in this one. Do you like the direction the Dolphins are headed? A little surprised they made the move for Fitzpatrick coming off the twenty-four uh, nothing win versus the Jets, but uh, I, I think the the Rams win this one. Uh, I think I'll, I'll go with the score of twenty-seven to thirteen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I said 27-20 Rams. I just feel like Aaron Donald, absolute beast, best defensive player in the NFL right now, in my opinion, and. Mr. Tag is not going to have a great day with Aaron Donald in his face. And I feel like, you know, a rookie quarterback, Tua's not a big guy either. He's probably like 5'10", 5'11", against Aaron Donald, who's got to be 6'5", 280 pounds. Um, so I feel like he's going to be under some big pressure. Um, first real experience in the NFL. So I could definitely see a lot of takeaways for that Rams defense, which is for the most part why I have them. And you know, going back to the Fitzpatrick thing, I really like Tua as a quarterback. So I, you know, I don't know why that move was scrutinized so much. I think it's seven. just coming
1: off three three straight wins. So
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, but I feel like there's a lot you don't know what happens behind the scenes. You know, maybe I, I, two. Is I would say that
1: me. you know, before the season, Flores and the, and the coaching staff said, no matter what, after the bye week, two is going to be our starting quarterback.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see something like that having happened. Um, so I'm not surprised he's in, and he's the future. You know, I, I would, I bet Dolphins fans would rather see Tua, their future. You know, the future of that organization, yeah. who they're going to be rooting for forever, than kind of some older washed-up guy who they, who's not as exciting. Tua is a super exciting quarterback. It's Today like can be super
1: exciting, guy. but he's like feast or fire. It's like either way. Exactly.
0: Exactly. But I do think the Rams are going to come away, but I am really excited to see what two can do.
1: Next game up, the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Detroit Lions. Uh, any game with the Lions this year, you can get me guaranteed this. Come the fourth quarter, they will be leading, and then they're probably going to blow the game. Um, so I, I got the I got the Colts winning this one and a comfort behind victory, and the Colts pull it out. They win 24 to 23.
0: Yeah, I've got 20 to 17 Lions, actually. It was a tough decision for me. This was one of the tougher games, but the Lions have scored 26 points per game, Colts 26 as well. Um, you know, but I feel like it's just going to be this a small difference. For me, I said it's going to be a Matt Prater field goal at the end of the game, like it feel feels like he always does um, just to get those Lions over the hump. And you know, I I'm a guy who looks at the quarterback matchups. So, in terms of Philip Rivers versus Matt, versus Matthew Stafford, I feel like you got to go with Stafford. I just feel like he's more consistent, you know, gets the deep ball better.
1: All right. I, I disagree there. I think Rivers is, uh, I mean, both of these guys have started to interceptions, but to me, Matthew Stafford's one of the most overrated quarterbacks of his era. Boy. The guys, the guys won absolutely nothing. Uh, he's been to the playoffs once and he's, I'm just surprised he hasn't been injured this year. I think the key in this game is going to be the running game for the Colts. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has been really impressive this rookie campaign and, uh, Breastman right Q says if the Lions can stop rookie running back Jonathan Taylor of the Colts, who is our four per carry over the last four games without guaranteeing them a win. Yeah, I think I think if they can stop Jonathan Taylor, that that's the key to victory. Cause the, the Colts offense really is their running game. And then Col- River, Rivers going off play action there as well. Um but yeah, the Colts defense is good. And I just I just feel like the, the Lions are constantly blowing games here in the fourth quarter. So this is the game where we are definitely uh disagreeing here, uh, which, yeah, which is which is good, definitely good for the show. All right. Next game up, you have the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are four-point underdogs versus the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, give me this, give me the Steelers with the points in this one if you're if you're odd betting. Uh Pittsburgh Steelers, they are rolling. Uh, I think they're the best team in the AFC, and I expect them to continue in this in this game rolling along, getting the win. Uh, they're not going to go undefeated, so they are going to lose the game. But uh, this game should be tough, should be gritty. And I think it's going to be somewhere in the 20s will be the scoring here. Uh, but, but give me, give me the Steelers, uh, I'll say 24-21 in this one.
0: I actually had a differ, different one. I had Ravens 30 to 27. Wow. Ravens came away with the victory. And just because I feel like the run aspect that the Ravens have, you know, with Lamar and all of those guys um, that the Steelers don't have. I feel like, you know, Connor hasn't had a great season at all. The run game just isn't there for the Steelers. So if the Ravens can contain that down the field, um, you know, Juju and Claypool down the field if they can take away those big big passes which has been all the Steelers really have had this season then I feel like they can definitely win and Lamar can definitely make some noise if he stays calm that's the biggest thing he can't be doing the thing that he does where when even one guy you know infiltrates the pocket and when there's even a little pressure he panics either throws it out of bounds or does his run thing which sometimes is successful as we've seen, but sometimes, you know, big sacks, big losses right. um, as we've seen so far. So if you well, want to
1: answer this question, because it kind of goes with your point here from Breastman. Will the Steelers pass rush be able to contain Lamar Jackson as runability?
0: Um, I don't, I don't, I haven't watched the Steelers that much this season, um, but I feel like they definitely can. If, as I've said, they get enough pressure on him and make him uncomfortable and obviously, if they can infiltrate that run game, then they're set. I could definitely see um, the Steelers coming away with this one. But I just had the Ravens because you know, I might have a little bit more faith in Lamar Jackson. All
1: right, the Ravens are the home team. So, of course, that, that could play uh, a big factor there as well, but should be a good game, of course. All right, Chargers take it on the Broncos. And Justin Herbert has just been phenomenal. By far, the rookie of the year at this point, no doubt about it. He's been so impressive from his first game where he wasn't supposed to start. He starts, they almost beat the Chiefs. Uh, the guy's been money since then. So the Chargers are taking on the Broncos in Denver. Uh, I like the Chargers in this one. So let me go with a little more high-scoring game here, and I will say the the Chargers win 30-24. to 24.
0: I like that. I said 31-24. All right. So right close, on the same yeah. boat there. I'm absolutely loving Justin Herbert this season. I feel like he might be the best rookie this year over Joe Burrow and Tua. You know, I feel like he definitely has a huge future, and I feel like he's going to be the guy who's going to turn around the Chargers and turn them into a big-time contender team like they were with Phillip Rivers and Ladainian and Tomlinson.
1: Yeah, and I think – uh I wish, I wish he was a New York Giant. I know before Daniel Jones <laughs> that, uh, that Gettleman wanted Herbert, but Herbert decided to opt in for his, his senior year, which is uh, not good for the Giants. But Justin Herbert's chances of success in Denver in the thin air conditions help or hurt him, breast his breast man. I think it always – the thinner always hurts people who are coming into Denver and not used to it. But yeah. I don't really think it's going to impact him in this game uh, either way. I think I think that – I think offensively – this is an offensive game. There's really not going to be much defense in this one. Uh, and Herbert, I say Herbert has uh, two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown and uh, leads him to victory. All right, next game up, we have – this is a good one. This is going to be a good one. The Saints are taking on the Bears in Chicago. Uh, the Bears coming off a loss against the Rams. Uh, and I, I, I've been saying for weeks now – I don't really don't like them with Nick Foles. I think he hasn't done anything for their offense, and I I'm just waiting for them to go back to to uh, Mitchell Trubisky because Trubisky at least he's got that dimension there where he could he could run or he could move around a little. Where Foles is just kind of uh, in the pocket. And the offense for the Bears is not it's not been good. So uh, I'm interested to see if they end up pulling Foles a little again this season, going back to Trubisky. But Bears defense is phenomenal, no doubt about it, led by Khalil Mack. Uh, the saints though, I think they need this one more and they're, they're getting ready for that big battle coming up with the Buccaneers real soon. So, uh, I got the saints in this one and this was the, this is the hardest game for me to really pick a score, uh, just because the saints are known for their offense, but the bears are known for the defense. So, uh, I, I think I'm going to have to, I'm going to go with a, uh, the saints win this game.
0: I went 30-17 Saints. I feel like even against Khalil Mack, the Bears offensively and defensively just don't nearly have the weapons to be able to beat the Saints. And, you know, Drew Brees, I feel like him, Brady, Rodgers, you know, I feel like they're all um, Mahomes' top best quarterbacks in the NFL. Drew Brees is most definitely up there. And, you know, I, I feel like Foles is better than Trubisky, but the Bears offense just still is, is not it. It's just not at the, plate, at the spot that any Bears fan would want it to be at. They still need a lot of upping to do. Um, so I feel like Drew Brees might have a huge field day. He's on fire right now. So is Alvin Kamara, 100 yards every single game this season, at least. And
1: you want to talk about your guy, Alvin Kamara, you said, maybe MVP. So, Brest wants to know who deserves more credit for the same success this season, Breeze or Kamara?
0: That's tough. I think I got to go with Drew Breeze um, just because of the veteran aspect um, in his career, how much success he's had, and how much of a mentor he is for the, these young guys. Um, and Breeze is the two-minute drill, step up, be that man kind of guy. But I'm super high on Kamara. I feel like he's one of the best players in the NFL right now. And in the future, Mike go down as one of the best running backs of all time. That's why the Saints locked him up. They saw that. Just for the last two weeks, I've watched the Saints really closely um, because they were on for the, our New York um, national stations for some reason. But um, I've watched him a lot, and I've just been so impressed. He's like a Marshawn Lynch, the way he breaks tackles, gets down the field every time they're in the they're in the red zone. Doesn't matter how far they are, he just breaks those tackles and pushes into the end zone. So I give him so much credit, but I think Breeze might deserve more just because he's Drew Breeze.
1: No doubt about it. Breeze, when it's all said and done, one of the five best quarterbacks to ever, ever play the game. Absolutely. It was great to see. It was great, I really like this season. I, I'd love to see Breeze or Rodgers get that second Super Bowl run because both of them are just so deserving. But, uh, you know, guys like uh, Kyler Murray or, or Russell Wilson, they might they might think otherwise. Yeah. Uh, but if you really think about it, like, look at the quarterbacks across the league right now. There's so many Hall of Famers playing in the league right now Breeze, Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes. Uh, Matt Ryan's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Russell Wilson's Russell going to be a Hall Rose, of yeah. Famer. So, I mean, that's that's only six right there. And, um, you know, th- th- I'm sure there's going to be more. There's, there's some young guys that you, uh, you don't know. Stafford could be borderline Hall of Famer. Maybe. Um, Justin just Herbert,
0: I'm calling it. He's he's the future.
1: Just, Justin Herbert, Hall of Famer. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> All right. So, uh, next game up, the 49ers are taking on the Seahawks. Seahawks only favored by one in this game. The game is in Seattle, so I will pick the Seahawks in this one. Uh, And, you know, this year the Seahawks really – they have been winning, but they haven't really impressed me because it always has come down to the end where they had to just barely eke out a win. The restaurant says, with injuries to Seattle's top three running backs as well as to safety, Jamal's, can the Seahawks rely solely on the pass game to ensure a win? It's it's a good question. Um, you have seen DK Metcalf is really emerging here, um, but you know when you're down to your fourth string running back, uh, it's it's going to be tough with the offense. So if every, if all if everything was you know even here, Eli, I'd probably pick the Seahawks in a blowout. Um, but I'm going to go with the Seahawks to win this game. Um, uh let me let me go. I think I'll go with like twenty four twenty three. I think it'll be that close.
0: I went twenty four twenty-one. Okay. I think it's gonna be a super close game. Um, but I just feel like the Seahawks are the better team. Yep. So no matter how close it is, I feel like they do come out with this victory. And in terms of breastman's twenty seven question, I feel like I could be in the backfield and Russell Wilson will still get the job done just because <laughs> of the quarterback that he is, the weapons he has downfield. Tyler Lockett is one of the most underrated players in the NFL, in my opinion. I bet with the running backs out, and I bet DK Metcalf, who's having an amazing season, is going to get double teamed. Tyler Lockett is going to have a huge day today. All right,
1: so Eli Eli's lock for a fantasy football star of the week, Tyler Lockett. All right, next this is this is like <laughs> I can't believe this game is the Sunday Night Football game, but it is. A big game for the FC. So you have the absolutely horrendous Dallas Cowboys down to that third string t- quarterback taking on the absolutely horrible Philadelphia Eagles. And the Eagles are favored by ten and a half points in this game. I don't know what to pick. I uh, both teams are atrocious, but I mean I, I just guess, you know, because the Cowboys down to that third string quarterback, the Eagles are gonna win. I don't think this is gonna be this ten and a half or eleven point blowout though, by any stretch. So let me go with the uh, – I'll pick the Eagles to win this game 13-7. What do you, what do you think, Eli?
0: <laughs> I went 30-21 just okay. because I don't even know. I mean, they're just so bad. There's, there's, there's two petitions that I should be making right now. First one is to do the good old switch and make Raven Steelers the game tonight instead of this game. And the other petition is that no NFC East team – Makes it to the playoffs because they're all just so, so bad. Um, I mean, honestly, I don't even care. I bet the Eagles are going to win just because they are a better, better team, especially without Dak Prescott and now without Andy Dalton. I don't even know who the third string guy is. Um, so yeah, the Eagles are going to win this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, and then uh, some. Run agreements there. I'll move on to the last game, which is the Giants and the Buccaneers. Uh, you know, the Giants. Their one win, they should have definitely lost. Ron Rivera goes for two at the end. And, like, for their losses, they should have won. So, it's like, what is... They might be the best one-win one team in the league right now. Uh, uh, and it's just... It's an absolute joke with this. Um, I guess before we get to that game, that Brestman wants to know Carson Wentz leads the league in turnovers. And the Cowboys defense only first tur- three, tur- three turkeys this season. Will turnovers be a factor today, given these stats? Um, I think turnovers will be a factor, um, not necessarily with Carson Wentz, but I think the Cowboys are probably going to turn the ball over. Most definitely. Ezekiel um, Elliott's always fumbling as of late. Sky from James Madison University is making this first NFL start. Let me go on. Uh, I got Carson Wentz. He throws, a, he throws an interception. And the Cowboys, they have three turnovers. So I'll go with four turnovers total. Yeah. Um, to impact what's going to be one of the worst Sunday night football games of the season, no doubt about it.
0: Ever, maybe. Monday night football
1: won't be much better. This one's going to be ugly. Buccaneers fared by 13. Uh, I think, guarantee this, Daniel Jones throws an interception and fumbles the ball, does it every single game. He's absolutely atrocious with ball security. And I'm going to say the Buccaneers win this game 41-10.
0: I went 34-14 bucks. I'm excited to watch Tom Brady and what he can do. The amazing plays that he and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and all of them can potentially make against this Giants defense. Um and I'm I bet the Bucks pass rush, you know, which is so underrated. Dominican Sue, Jason Bills
1: come back to destroy the Giants.
0: Sean Goldson, like I bet the Bucks are again going to have an absolute field day with the Giants.
1: I think they're just so happy that they're playing the Giants. Uh, I mean, if you, if you like the NFC West, how lucky are late this season? They get to, they have to play the NFC East and they also get to play the Jets. They're playing the AFC East. So, right there, it's five easy wins in your schedule. And that's why the NFC West is looking so great. Uh, (laughs) Oh, man. It's just, it's crazy. Uh, Eli, any last thoughts on on the NFL this weekend and, uh, you know, what you're most looking forward to? And uh, why don't you give us your Super Bowl prediction as well?
0: Ooh, the Super Bowl prediction. Hmm. I I want to go Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Packers Bucks. Are they in the same? Wait, they're both in the NFC. That that definitely won't
1: happen. Could be the NFC Championship game though.
0: Okay, then that's my NFC Championship. I, I don't even know my NFC AFC. That's the thing.
1: Well, I'll, I'll give you mine. I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers and the Packers take down Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers in the Super Bowl.
0: I like that. Which one? Where are the Chiefs? NFC or Chiefs AFC? Chiefs or in
1: the AFC. All right.
0: I like, yeah. Chiefs right. Buccaneers? Chiefs Bucks. I okay. think that might be it. i go, go with Brady Packers, in that one. Maybe All Chiefs right. Packers. I'll 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 back back. That would Sur- be a fun. Game. Super Bowl one rematch. That would be fun. <laughs> all
1: right. That's going to do it here for another episode of You Know Right a Football. We hope you enjoy all of the games this week. Eli, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media and your articles and videos as well?
0: For my whole portfolio, check out my website, elifishman.com. Um, my social medias, Instagram and Twitter, at elijfishman. Check it out for my baseball and football commentary. And yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on, Nick. Anytime. So for Eli Fishman,
1: I am Nick Durst, and thank you for watching and listening to You Know I'm Right on Football. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.